right, good morning, Faith Church. How's everybody doing? Yeah, y'all's bellies are definitely full. We're good. Amen. Come on. Listen, man, how many of you this morning are thankful for Jesus? I just wonder, just real quick, again, can we just make some noise for Jesus in this place? Amen. Awesome. Well, it's so great to have you guys here. My name is uh, Ryan, and I'm the student pastor here at Faith Church. And, uh, man, it's my honor to be able to speak to you guys and share with you this morning. I want to welcome everybody tuning in online. Man, we are just excited about what God has for today. How many of you just anticipate every Sunday you come to Faith Church? You, you anticipate God doing something. Come on, anticipation and expectation is half the battle sometimes. And so, uh, so man, I'm so thankful to be able to be here and uh, thankful for our worship team just leading us uh, this morning. And uh, I just think it's going to be a great, a great day. I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. How many of you braved uh, the Black Friday shopping? Come on, where are you at? How many, keep your hand up. How many of you were in Huntsville driving around when I was? Okay, somebody might have cut me off a time or two, or I might have cut somebody else off. I, I did that for the first time. I know y'all can just extend a hand and pray for me. Uh, it's the first time I've ever done Black Friday in Huntsville, and uh, it was not glamorous, and it was my last. Amen. So, but listen, I just want to say this, man, this morning, uh, if you've never met me or you don't know anything about me, um, I, I, love, I love to talk fast. I love to uh, laugh and have a good time. Uh, I just believe in making some noise for Jesus. I believe when we come in here, we should be able to have some fun. Uh, because we, we are the people who carry the greatest news on the planet. Amen? Listen, and so, uh, and, and this is, here's the thing. This is our season, man. This is Thanksgiving, and if there's anybody on God's earth that should be thankful, it's his children. And so, man, I'm, uh, I'm excited today to be able to share. I'm excited about what God has put on my heart. Uh, before I begin, though, I just want to say, when I begin to think about, because I'm like many of you, what I'm thankful for and the order of things that I'm thankful for, at the very top of my list, man, I am thankful for what God is doing at Faith Church. Is anybody else thankful, man? I'm telling you, to be able to, to, be able to come on First Wednesdays and see people be baptized and see people step in to grow you and teams start filling up. People are serving all over the church. We're seeing t-shirts in different departments, people making a difference. And then not only making a difference on Sunday because it's prime time, but to see people serve and serve projects when we reach outside these four walls. I'm telling you, when I start thinking about all the good things in my life, Faith Church and what God is doing here is at the very top. And uh, man, I'm thankful for that, but also I'm thankful for our lead pastor. Is anybody else thankful for Pastor Steve Husky? Come on. He's a hard worker, a visionary, not just him, but his whole family, but uh, he's a hard worker, visionary. Some of you know this, but he's in school right now, so he's burning the candle at both ends uh, this morning. He's burning the candle in Lawrenceburg. Come on. So uh, we'll give it up for him up there and them as they're together. And, uh, but, but listen, I'm so incredibly honored to be able to share today. As we kind of close out this No Excuse November, um, I think about these series that we've done over the course of the years in November. No excuse, no big deal, no fear. Uh, you know, and and I, I think about this, and maybe you're like that, but uh, I think they're very practical. They're very practical. I understand it. It's something easy, easy enough for me to understand. Uh, it's no big deal. Uh, it's no fear. Don't have any fear. You know, I understand practical things. Like, for example, no shave November. I get that. Amen. Don't shave. It's easy, right? But when you start saying no excuses, it's difficult. And I found this. I found this that in the kingdom of God, in Jesus specifically, when he gave you something simple, it sounds real simple, but you know what? It's hard to walk it out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you guys are going to have to make some noise for me. You have to help me out. Y'all remember, I talk to teenagers and college students, and they, they, 
they laugh at me. They make noises. So you guys are going to have to help me this morning, okay? But, but oftentimes it's these things that, uh, that are so simple in, in understanding, but they're harder to apply. They're harder to apply to our lives. And so today uh, I want to talk about no excuse not to praise. Now, how many of you know that this morning? We have no excuse not to praise God. Come on. Listen, there's, there's no reason why we as God's people, given everything that God has given us, that we shouldn't find it in us to praise and to worship and to honor Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about that and we're going to have a good time doing that. But when I think about excuses, I'm just telling you this, I'm the king of excuses. I line my excuses up against anybody. Okay. I mean, I'm good with my words. That's sometimes why I'm up here. Sometimes I jump in front of my words, but I'm a king of excuses. Listen, it's kind of a laughing thing on our staff. And if you've been around me, you maybe have heard me say this, but I'll tell you probably five times out of the month, I'll make a commitment not to drink a Coke. Anybody ever done that? Anybody got to struggle with a Coke, okay? Listen, I'll make commitments all the time. I'm not going to drink a Coke. I'm going to drink water and I'm going to lose 10 pounds because that, that's, you know, that's what happens for men that we, we just not drink soft drinks, okay? And, uh, and it's kind of like when I say that, Pastor Steve and some of the staff are like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it kind of hurts my feelings. Like I have feelings too. You're not the only ones, okay? But um, but not only that, like working out, like I'll go get a membership. My wife will be like, listen, you're not going to go work out. You ain't got time. It's not in your schedule. You're not responsible enough. You don't have the discipline. She does speak some, she does speak some positive to me, but she's trying to speak some truth into my life. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'll get the membership. I'll be like, I'm determined to do this. And next thing I know, I'm finding excuses to not go to the gym that I'm paying for. That just doesn't make sense, you know? And so I found this, and I think maybe you guys are with me, that when my motivation is right, I have a better understanding of what my why is, why I'm going to do what I'm going to do. If I want to lose weight, my motivation is because I'm not happy with what I see. If I want to change some things in my eating habits and I want to feel more healthy, my motivation is I don't feel healthy, right? So when we talk about motivation and understanding that, maybe you can remember a season in your life where your motivation was where it needed to be. Like you were doing things the way you needed to do. You were motivated. You were making a difference. And, uh, and I just want to kind of take you back to that because here's the deal. When it comes to our motivation as believers, as sons and daughters of God, there's, there's nothing greater than the fact that the tomb is empty this morning. Come on. There's nothing greater. And I just wonder this morning because I'm going to ask you to be motivated. I'm going to ask you to get excited. I'm telling you, one thing that will take this church to a whole nother level is if some people of God will get some praise of God on in this house. I'm just telling you, if the, if the tomb being empty is not enough for you, how about this? The fact that when you were a sinner, Christ died for you. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that while you were living in your sin, in the worst moment of your life, Jesus looked at you and said, I'll still die for you right now. How about this When The Bible says that there's no height, no depth, no nothing, nothing. I said nothing can separate you from the love of God. Can anybody find some motivation in that this morning? So when we begin to think about our motivation and why we praise and why we worship, it's important to understand what worship is. We're going to get there. But, man, our motivation is set. It's set. He calls us his own. We're sons. We're daughters. He's made us heirs to the throne. He's, in, he's entrusted ministry to us. And so this morning, as we look into this God and why we have no excuse not to praise, I just want to hope that we can get motivated together. And I hope that we can understand a little bit about it. So as we understand worship, I want to give you the definition, because sometimes when I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll go to this thing called Webster's Dictionary and find out what I need to talk about. Amen? Here's what worship says. This is the definition. It's the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity, 
often shown in honor and praise. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. Spoiler alert. Praise is a verb, which means that there's action to it. Come on. That means that there's action, that you can't praise God and not have an action. It just doesn't make sense. And so as we talk about praise and worship this morning, I'm not trying to get you to be me. I'm not trying to get you to act like I do. Because listen, I wear skinny jeans and, and wear weird hair because I try to be cool. I know I'm not cool, but I'm trying. But here's the thing. Listen, I'm telling you, man, when, when I think about what God did for me, how he's moved in my life, not how he's moving in my life, but because he moves in mine, he can move in other people's. And when I start thinking about that, there's this like combustion that starts happening in my heart. And what's going on inside here, it can't stay in. And so I got to let it all out because it's a praise and it's an action for who God is. Amen. And so this morning, as we look at this, I want to tell you a definition. Uh, Pastor Louis Giglio, some of you may know about the Passion Movement. He's in Atlanta, and he started this worldwide movement that's taking place in young adults. And uh, he defines worship in one of his books called Breathe. He says it like this. Worship is our response. It's something that we do, not something that God does. You walk in the room, and he does it for you. Come on, I'm going to preach this morning. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who he is and for what he's done, expressed in and by the things that we say in the way that we live. So worship is our expression. It's our expression. So this morning, I want to tell you, as we get going, I want to tell you one thing, that everybody in this room, everybody online, everybody under the sound of my voice and everybody on the planet this morning, let me tell you what everybody does. You ready? Everyone worships something. Everyone worships something. You say, well, that's a weird way to spell it. They didn't mess up. Because the word worship is derived and connected to the word worth. Listen, if I want to find out what you worship in your life, I'm going to look at and see what you find worthy. I'm going to see what you express your time, your money, your finances, what gets your most passion, what gets your most energy. And I'm going to find it. I'm going to say that's the thing that you find worth, which means that's the thing that you worship. So this morning, as we look to this, as we think about this, everyone worships something. Now, some of you, it might be that you find great worth in your family. Come on, that's not a bad thing, amen? How many of you are fam- you, you all about that La Familia? Come on, listen, there's something about family. We want, we spend our money on presents. We go to, some of you drove miles and miles to go be with your family. Why? Because your family, you believe it brings worth to you and you believe they're worth something, right? Not only, your, not only your family, but our jobs. Man, some of us, man, we go out, we'll kill it uh, all day long, all week long, because listen, our job brings us finances. It brings us the supplies we need. It, it's, what, it's what we do. We find worth in that. So we're not gonna go to that half-hearted. We're gonna go to that with all of our heart. We're gonna work at it. But listen, we find worth in that. Some of us this morning, it's our favorite football team, Roll Tide. Listen, we find worth. We find worth in those things. Listen, we... Listen, you say, I don't know, I don't know about that, Pastor Ryan. Like, you just, here you go, talk about college football. And I'm telling you something. Some of us spend a whole lot of money at Alabama football games. Some of us spend a whole lot of money paying for TV so we can watch our favorite football team. Y'all know direct TV people out there, okay? But like, listen, we, we find worth in things in this life. And so here's, here's the thing. Jesus and, and God, the way that the word is defined and the way that worship has even derived is the thing that you express yourself to the most is the thing that you find worthy. It's the thing that you find worthy. Jesus would say it like this in the New Testament. You show me where your treasure is at, and I'll show you where your heart is at. Or it might be said like this in another paraphrase. Show me what you're most passionate about, and I'll show you that you're most passionate about, and you show the most expression to, and I will show you what you find worthy in your life. Now, here's the thing. I want to talk for just a minute about expression, because this is where people start getting kind of weird, like, well, 
you know, you jump and you dance and your dance moves aren't very good and you lift your hands and that's just not me. That's not my thing. Listen, I'm, we all express ourselves different. Amen. Doesn't it take all of us in the kingdom? It, we all don't have to be alike. It takes all of us. But for so long, man, I, 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 um, my wife, I have to be transparent. You know, she's quiet, petite, little, you know, you never know she's in the room. I'm just telling you, she packs a mean punch, but like, <laughs> but like for so long, when I gave my life to Jesus from the day I got in, man, I was just full on. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just like, he gets it all. He deserves it all. Listen, I'm not going to scream louder for a school team. It makes no sense for me to go crazy and paint my body up for my high school football team if I'm not going to paint my body up and do something crazy for Jesus. Like, from the very beginning, that like, I was just there, okay? And so, man, when, uh, when, when we kind of were growing up together, because we're high school sweethearts, you know what I'm saying? I locked her in early. But, um, <laughs> come on. So, yeah, anyways, I feel the presence of God up here. Okay, so listen, when, when we started this journey, like there would be days we'd be in worship services and I'm like, man, that was awesome. And she's just kind of like, eh. And I'm like, did you not feel that? Like you could have lifted your hands. You could have done something. Like there had to be something going on, you know? And like, here's the thing. Like we wanted to argue and say that like we don't have to express ourselves in church. Like we're cool. God can speak to me. He's sovereign and he's overall and he can speak to me and change me and I can just sit here. But here's the truth, man. I'm telling you, some of us, we go absolutely berserk outside of church and we go crazy for our kids. We go crazy for our jobs. We go crazy for our favorite college football team. I'm not going to say anybody's names, but this week I watched a football team up north in 40 degree weather. Guys not wearing a shirt. The wind was blowing. The rain was coming down and their football team ain't even any good. Come on. I'm just telling you. People know how to give expression. We understand expression. When we're loved, we express ourselves. Well, some of us. But when we, when, we, when we are passionate about something, man, we express ourselves. But when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we got all kinds of excuses not to get expressive and not to praise. I'm just telling you this morning, he's worthy of it. And today we either believe what we're singing and we believe what we're preaching or we don't. And today, I just want to challenge us, man. I don't, I'm not trying to yell at anybody. I'm not trying to bring anybody down. I'm just trying to motivate us. Listen, when our why is in the right place, everything else, everything else lines up. The thing that I'm convicted of, and I hate to say this, is whether I'm all about some Alabama football, guess what? Nick Saban don't care anything about me. That whole football team, listen, I might know every one of their names. They don't know who I am. I might, I, might wear, I might wear the, the sweatpants, the shirt, the toboggan. I might even have some boxers. You know what I'm saying? I might be going all out, but that football team doesn't care about me. You know what I do know? The God of this universe, he is well acquainted with me. The Bible says he knew me before I was ever formed. It says he knit me together in my mother's womb. It says that I'm a son of the Most High. It says I'm part of a holy priesthood. I'm just telling you this morning, we got a reason to praise because our God knows who we are and he's worthy of it. Amen. Somebody going to help me this morning. Amen. There was one lady in the first service. She just kept doing this. If there's anybody that wants to do that, we'll sign you up right now. Just lift your hands. I'll know you're with me, okay? But listen, we'll have a good time. So this morning, it doesn't matter. Listen, my job, my family, my finances, it means nothing if I don't invite the God of all creation, the one who's over all, if I don't invite him to be a part of that. My house, my car, everything that I work towards. Listen, Jesus, he even gave us, he gave us the answer for it all. We don't have to find worth in those things. We don't have to work to, to have the nice cars and the nice houses and find all of our stock in that. Because Jesus said one day that stuff will turn to moth and rust and it will be destroyed. But he says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot come in and cannot destroy. So what we do, and here's the cool thing about God, when we worship him, 
You know what he does? He just sends blessings back to us. I love the promise that it says he will not withhold any good thing from us. That when we come to God and we say, hallelujah, you set me free. Hallelujah, the, the grave has no claim on my life. God's like, you're right, I got freedom for you and I got blessings for you. And if you'll continue to believe that, I'm just gonna keep blessing you. So this morning, as we look to this, I wanna encourage us. Worship is an inward feeling and an outward action that reflects the worth of God. This morning, what you feel inside when you sing songs, when you worship God, it's an inward feeling and it's expressed in an outward action. There's three things that I believe we have no excuse not to praise God for this morning. And I wanna walk through those with us. The first thing is this, because of who he is. Amen. Listen, I just wanna tell you right now, I believe the God that we sing to every Sunday, he's alive and he's active and he's not finished. Come on. I'm telling you, I believe God's moving in our worship times. I believe he's moving, not just here, he's moving all over the country, all over the world. I just believe he's alive. So when we sing to our God, I'm just telling you, we sing because of who he is. A couple of things that help me in perspective of who God is, is some things that the word says. The Bible says he's the author and the perfecter, which means he holds the pen and I don't, amen? He's the one that's in control. Before I ever was, he was. It says he's the beginning and the end. These are names he's known for, which means there was no one before him and there's no one after him. He's the beginning and the end. The Bible tells us he's called Elohim, which is he's the God, the creator. So in the beginning, he's, God created the heavens and the earth. That God right there is Elohim. He was God, the creator. He created it all. He spoke and galaxies were formed. Amen. Listen, he spoke and light rushed forth out of his mouth. He separated the heavens and the earth. I'm telling you, this is who he is and he's worthy of our praise and our worship. But not only that, in one point, the Bible tells us that he becomes Yahweh. So the word Yahweh, it has air to it. So God stoops down and he picks up dirt from the ground and he breathes life into mankind. And man's formed with one breath. Some people would say that when we worship, you know what we're doing? We're giving God his breath back. Isn't that good? Man, when you worship God, you're just you're breathing because he allows you to breathe. And so he becomes Yahweh and he becomes a personal God and he has a relationship and he has a relationship with man because he desires to be worshiped, but he also desires to have fellowship with mankind. And this is who he is. And then not only did he create man, but here's what the Bible says. And then he took the rib out of a man and he gave us a woman. I was just pausing for dramatic effect. The truth is there are no words for women, amen? Now, listen, if, I, I believe the greatest gift that God gave this planet is, our, is the women, come on, the mothers in the house. Those of you that, those of you that uh, honor and serve, and, and here, here's, the, here's the reality, in, in the church today, the women are leading the way in a lot of ways. But, uh, but today, man, I'll just say this, I'm thankful for my woman because uh, she knows how to um, give me a list of honeydews, Tell me how to bring, where to bring the Christmas tree and pack all the stuff. Come on. Listen, I'm thankful for that. But not only that, I'm thankful that she can cook me a meal and uh, I get to enjoy some time with family and friends because she knows how to cook and I don't and I can sit and watch football. Come on. Is there anybody in the house thankful for women today? Come on. Amen. Amen. So we're thankful for that. But uh, here's what the Bible says, that the Lord will not despise a broken and a contrite heart. I'm just being humble. I'm just saying I'm thankful this morning. Amen. Here's another thing the Bible says, and I love this. This gives us a picture because, you know, listen, the Bible gives us all kinds of pictures, all kinds of pictures. If you want to see it, you just read it. You jump into God's word, and it'll show you some things. But uh, the Bible calls us, he calls, he calls God the Lamb of God. And there's a place where 
Uh, he's called the Almighty One. And uh, here's what the picture that I got as far as worship this morning is. Um, right now, all of heaven is standing worshiping God. Right now, this current moment. And I want to show this to you in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. The Sky Bible has it for us. The John, uh, John is telling us what God is allowing him to see in a vision here or in a dream. And he says, Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang a mighty chorus. Somebody say mighty. mighty. Come on, church. You got to help me this morning. Somebody say mighty. mighty. So heaven right now is singing a mighty chorus. Heaven and hundreds and millions of angels, they're circled around God. Get this picture. And they're worshiping him. Revelate, this is Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 4 says that there's four living creatures that day in and day out, they sing one thing and one thing only. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I'm telling you, we worship him because of who he is. But here's what it says. Worthy is the lamb. Does anybody believe he's worthy this morning? Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they were singing a mighty chorus. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one who is sitting on to the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. So here's the deal, man. This praise party is happening in heaven right now. And sometimes we can't get a mighty chorus out of the people of God that's on this earth. Sometimes it's, it's a lot for us to even get ourselves to sing, to sing out loud. And this morning, I just want to challenge us. We have no excuse. Somebody say no excuse. We have no excuse not to praise. Listen to this right here. We don't worship and praise God out of obligation. You don't have to do it. You don't have to. You're not obligated to. Nobody's going to look at you and go, you didn't sing today. You don't love Jesus, so you're not going to be used to that. It's not that. It's not out of obligation. We simply praise him from the invitation. Come on, I can't go to certain parties unless I'm what? Unless I'm invited. Here's the deal. Heaven's having a party right now, and we're all invited. If, they, if it's good enough for heaven, I'm telling you something, it should be good enough for us on this earth. Amen. Come on, Pastor Ryan. That's a good word. Listen, so this morning as we talk about this, we don't worship him. We don't have any excuse not to worship him because if we don't cry out, the Bible says that the rocks will. The rocks will. Number two, we have no excuse not to praise because of what he's done. Now, he's done a lot of things, and I couldn't give the list of everything that he's done, but today I just want to tell you the things for me that when I worship God and I go after God, these are the things that I think about. Number one is he made us right with God. How many of you know that? There's a moment in your life, we just sang about it, there was a chasm, there was a separation. You were not right. And God allowed Jesus to come here to, to, to walk and live the life that we couldn't live, and he made us right with God. So our motivation when we worship is, hey, there was a moment where I didn't have, I, I wasn't right, and now I am right. Here's what the Bible says, because my words aren't enough. It says, for God made Christ who never sinned. God made Christ who never sinned. God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. Why? So that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. Come on, if that doesn't motivate you this morning, I'm not sure what will. There was a moment when you didn't have a chance and God stepped in and he gave you a chance. There's a moment when you had carried all the weight of the world, all the shame of the world, all the difficulties of the world. There's a moment when you carried it all and God stepped in and he said, hey, listen, in this life you'll have troubles, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And because you're on my team, you can overcome the world too. I'm just telling you, he's deserving of our praise this morning because of what he's done. He's made us right with God. Wear my sin and bear my shame. We sang that in a chorus a while ago. That's exactly what he did. He took our sin and our shame 
and put it on himself so that we could have access to God in worship, so that we could have access to God. So when I go and I sign up to a serve project, I don't serve because I get paid for it. I don't serve because someone's gonna see my picture on social media. I serve because I was not right and he made me right. Come on. Listen, I don't choose to, I don't choose to come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and participate in connect groups and give away as much time as I possibly can into as many people as I can because I get some kind of fat check. I do it because he made me right. There was a point when I wasn't right and God made him who knew no sin to be sin for me so that I could be made right. That is our motivation this morning. He set us, he didn't just set us right, but he set us free from sin. Romans chapter six, verse 22. Here's what it says, the Sky Bible. It says, but now you are free from the power of sin and you've become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Come on, how many of you are thankful for freedom this morning? That you can be free you can be free. I think, sometimes, I think sometimes God's up in heaven and he's like, I told you, cast your cares on me for I care for you. And you don't have to care that because my burden is light. My, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think God looks at us sometimes and says, why are you still carrying that? And the truth is this morning is because the power of sin is a real thing. That we have a real enemy and he really understands one thing, the power of your worship. The greatest weapon that you could ever be given, the greatest weapon of warfare that you could ever be given on this side of heaven. You know what it is? It's your worship. It's your praise and your worship. It's what you give to God. It's how you serve the Lord. And I'm just here to tell you this morning, I just wanna challenge you. Worship doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. Worship can happen wherever you are 24 seven. So why are you carrying the struggle? Why do you feel, still feel like you're dealing with a thing that you thought you took care of, that you thought you prayed with? Because the devil is real and he knows that as long as he can get you to feel like you're not free, then you're really not gonna experience the freedom. But what God knows and what I came to tell you this morning is when you get set free, the Bible says you are free indeed. Jesus says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And when he starts changing things for you and your life starts mimicking him, because that's what, here's what the word just said, you became an imitator. It says it like this. Now you begin to do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Listen, when you start to figure that out, that changes the ball game. And here's the thing. I want to speak to some parents this morning because I'm a parent myself. When you start to figure out the freedom in your life is not found in a paycheck, it's found in your savior of the world. I promise you, it won't just be for you. There'll be some kids that'll figure it out too. I don't get to speak much up here, but I get to challenge us this morning that if we'll become worshipers, and we'll say, man, I worship you because of who you are, God, but not just because of who you are, but because of what you've done. So not only has he made us right, not only has he set us free, but he's also given us victory. How many of you have experienced that this morning? Come on, he's given you victory, victory. Here's, uh, here's the thing that, that we, we, we've been singing a song about how we fight our battles, right? And this, we might look like we're surrounded, but we're actually surrounded by him. And as, today, as we kind of talk about this and God's given us victory, uh, I, I, even in that last song, we were just singing that, you know, Jesus Christ, yours is the victory. And I, I kind of, again, y'all have to just pray for me because I have issues. But um, like, it's not like God is up there, up in heaven going, you're right, it is my victory. Thank you. I'm deserving of it. Thank you for my victory. Thank you for acknowledging that. Really, the picture is that God's up in heaven and he's like, 
I'm glad you discovered that. I'm glad you understand that my victory is my victory. But guess what? I'm not the God that just hogs it all. I'm the God that gives you victory. Because I win, you win. And when you win and you discover that and you start living that and it starts changing you and you start expressing, come on church, when you start expressing yourself as you are victorious and the power of sin is no longer in your life, then other people can win. So he's not a God that's just waiting and saying, I deserve it all. He's a God saying, I deserve it all, but I choose to give it back to you. So he gives us victory this morning. Here's what Deuteronomy chapter 20 says. For the Lord your God is going with you. This is for somebody today. He's going with you. And not only that, he will fight for you against your enemies. Anybody got anybody feel like they're attacking them? Any situations in your life that are weighty? Any things that you feel like the enemy might be trying to push your way this week? Come on. I want to tell you this morning. I want the word to speak to you, not my words. He is with you. There should be something in the Christian to go, ooh, I got a confidence now. He's with me. But not only that, the psalmist describes him as the mighty warrior. He's not just with you. He's fighting for you. Listen, I'm going to take that 10 times out of 10 times. I'm going to take the mighty warrior on my side that he's fighting with me. But not only is that the end of the verse, because I love that's what God does. He sets us up. He gives us something good. Then he gives us something even better. And it says this, and he will give you the victory. He will give you the victory. This morning, man, I just want to stir our faith. I believe this. I believe that our faith activates the power of God. Does anybody else believe that? Listen, guys, we either, we either believe this stuff or we don't. And if we don't, I don't know why we're here. But if we choose to believe it this morning, Believe that in any situation in your life, any situation in your family, believe it and take it with you, that he's with you, he's fighting for you, and his ultimate goal is not to hurt you and not to discourage you, but his ultimate goal is to give you victory. To give you the victory. Sometimes, I, you know, I've, I've, my journey with God, I've learned some things, but Exodus chapter 14, 14, I learned at a young age, it says this, that God will fight this battle for you. You only need to be still. I don't know how many of you are like me, but sometimes I try to fight my battle before I let God fight it and I mess it up. Come on, I start running my mouth or I say the thing I shouldn't think and I shouldn't say. And next thing I know, I'm not fighting it, but I'm trying to fight it and let God do it at the same time and try to claim the victory. The truth is God sometimes just wants us to sit there and trust him and let him work. He says, I will fight this battle for you. I will fight this battle for you. In this, uh, this morning, somebody might say, well, PR, I don't really feel like victory's in my life. You don't know what's going on in my situation. We've been praying for this. We've been dealing with this. Listen, I just wanna tell you this morning, I, you're right, I don't know every situation. I don't know every problem in this room, but you know what I do know? I know what the promise is. Even more than that, I know the God of the promise. And he promises to fight for you. He promises to give you victory. And this morning, he's worthy. He's worthy because that's who he is. And that's what he's done. But not only do I want to talk to you this morning about what he's done, I want to talk to you about what he wants to do. Amen. He wants to do something. Listen, he wants to move in your life. I want to say it this morning. If you have breath in your lungs today, if you have a heartbeat inside your chest, God is not finished with you. Come on, it says that he has a good plan, that he has plans for you. If he set it in motion, he will complete it. 
That's what the word says. And so this morning, he still has a plan for you. He's got a word for you. So you worship him and you praise him in response because it's who he is, but because of what he's done, but not that, but because of what he wants to do. I believe this. Some of the most powerful moments that I've had as a believer, God spoke to me in my worship. Can anybody testify to that? I'm just saying God spoke to me and it was clear and it was, it was so precise and there was so much clarity to it. So in our worship, God has the ability, as we respond, it comes in a personal way, in a corporate way. When we worship God, He has an ability to speak to us in a personal way, in a corporate way. And listen, if Jesus would withdraw from crowds to go spend some time with the Father, don't you think that we should choose to withdraw from some crowds and spend some time with the Lord? Listen, we can't just be about a public, a public worship ministry. We gotta be about a private worship ministry. Now, let me illustrate it like this. So uh, all my parents, where you at? Wave your hands at me. Just a minute, just a minute. Hang with me, hang with me. Okay, so parents, it's one thing to teach your kid a lesson when everybody's in the room, isn't it? I mean, listen, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't You shouldn't treat your sister that way. You scream and you shouldn't touch the stove. And it's like, it's all this one thing, right? It's like all this big thing. And sometimes it can be a mess. But how many of you know, I'm telling you, I found this as a father. It's much more effective when I pull my son aside and I say, hey, listen, this is why I don't want you to watch YouTube. This is why I don't want you to lie. This is why I don't want you to talk about people. This is why, because listen, when we get that one-on-one time, he leans into me and I lean into him because guess what? When I better him, he betters me. And then I can remind him, hey, when you go out there and you do these things, you don't just represent you. You represent me. And you don't just represent me. You represent the kingdom of God. And you don't just represent the kingdom of God. You represent the church of God. Come on, church. I'm just telling you, I found that God is the same way with me. He can speak to me in a big room. He can. But man, when I allow God to speak to me one-on-one, God changes me. He moves me. And there's understanding that comes into my life. And this morning, I just would say this. Some of you, you're like, I'm praying for breakthrough. I want God to do something. I'm tired of carrying this battle. Listen, have you went to God in worship outside of a Sunday morning? Because when you do that, that's when things go to a whole another level. Listen, some of you might drive by my vehicle on the side of the road. The hazards are blinking. It's because I'm getting my praise on and I'm KO'd in the spirit of God because I'm overwhelmed at how good he is and how faithful he is. I wonder if anybody in this room today can just declare with me the promises and the belief that God is not finished and he has something to say to us. But also in a corporate setting, man, I believe this. There's little fires happening all over the room, little fires. And when the wind of God blows and people are responding to the Lord, you know what happens to the wind? It doesn't doesn't cast the fire out. It just stirs it even more. It gets it stronger. And I've been in corporate settings when someone else is praising God and I'm not there. Have y'all ever been there? Anybody ever came to church? Like, I'm not sure I wanna be here today. Come on, where you at? Yeah, man, I've come to church and I've just been like, oh gosh, I'm tired. I've been hanging out with teenagers all week. I've been doing this. I got this going on. I'm trying to host today. I don't want to worship, right? But then it's something about when you praise God and you see other people praise God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody smell what I'm stepping in? So let let me me just, sorry. I told you, pray for me. Listen, one of the most powerful moments ever in a corporate setting happened in this building. A friend of mine that was on our worship team a couple years back, he and his wife had had devastation that had come into their home and had come into their life. And there just was no excuse. Like, why would a loving God allow this to happen? And it had been several months past. 
And I know some of you, you've experienced loss and you've experienced a lot of tragic things in your life. But I'm telling you, I'm over here feeling sorry for myself because I'm working all week and I got stuff going on. I'm like, God, I don't really want to worship you. And the song they were singing or the song the worship team was leading was, God, I can see it now. I can see the love in your eyes. And I saw this dad just walk right down this aisle right here. And he lifted his hands up to God in the middle of a storm. Come on, church. In the middle of an adverse situation where loss was staring him in the face. And he said, God, I don't understand it but I see it. I know that at the end of the day that you're going to fight for me. And I know at the end of the day that you're going to give me victory. And so God, I see it now. I trust you. I look to your love. And I'm just telling you in that moment, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what was me? What is wrong with me? He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy. So this morning, I just came to tell you something. Your praise can be someone else's push. If you'll praise God and you'll say, man, I'm going to worship him because of who he is. I'm going to worship him because of what he's done. And I'm going to worship him because he ain't finished with me. Your praise can be someone else's push. If we believe what we claim, that at Faith Church, we're about reaching people, connecting them with God and others, then lost people should be able to come into this building and go, man, those people believe something that's so much greater than anything in this world. Those people, they got something inside of them that stirs in them. I don't know who he is, and I don't know what that song was all about, but I want to know him, and I want to figure out what they know that I don't know. Come on. That's what they should be saying. We should be getting testimonies online this afternoon at Facebook that say, listen, I went to faith church. Struggles were real. The battle's real. But there was this cat beside me, and he was going after Jesus, expressing himself. And because he expressed himself, I'm coming back next week. Come on. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So this morning, invitation is this. Who's ready for God to take you to another level in your worship? Allow it to be a weapon of warfare. Allow the enemy not to longer have, no longer have power over you, but to be set free because of who he is, because of what he's done, and because he's not finished. Who's ready?